With real estate, I can go in with no money out of pocket and buy a million dollars, $10 million. Like I can buy big portfolios. And if that goes up the same amount as the stock market goes, if say it goes up 10%, that's on $10 million, right? That 10% is literally an extra million dollars for me that I put no money in the stock market, everything in there I had to put in and maybe I, I margin, right? Maybe I use margin. So I'm getting double the, the value. Whereas real estate, I have infinite value. I can, it just is dependent upon the size of the deal you decide to do. All right. But, but so you know, when, when you say I put zero money, <laughs> what do you mean? Because, you know, everybody's going to tell you to make money, you have to use money. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talee. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Talee, and my guest today is Walter Amarello. Welcome, Walter. Thank you, Annette. It's awesome to be here. I am very, very excited to have you. We have a friend in common, and he's been telling me for almost six months, you got to meet Walter. Walter is awesome. And he's been talking about your mastermind and like, you know, all the cool things that you guys are doing up there in Massachusetts. And so I am very excited that, that we're here today. So for those of you that don't know Walter yet, let me tell you a little bit about him. He has been investing in real estate since 2013, and he focuses on portfolio uh, deals. He is the author of Broke to a Quarter Million and Get the Deal, both books on Amazon. So go get them after this interview. Uh, so Walter, welcome and tell us, how did you get into real estate? I, I love that question because it's um, the same way as everybody else. I wanted to get rich. I was an accountant. I was working for Johnson Johnson and then I worked for Coca-Cola and I realized I, I just keep building money for these guys and I really don't want to work anymore. And so I started researching uh, rich dad poor dad and i find you know that i'm not great at stocks I, i was i'd make just as much as i lost and i was day trading on my lunches and it was real estate that came up over and over and over that this is how people were building wealth and so i got obsessed i got absolutely obsessed and <laughs> long story short i ended up selling my house um buying a multifamily, and i went through a divorce during all of my obsession with money And I just kept buying house after house, but the divorce threw me off. So I, I, I went down to being worth almost nothing. Uh, in fact, less than nothing broke uh, to a quarter million is no joke. I was worth negative $25,000 because uh, the government and the world will allow you to do that. They let you go under what you were born with. And so at the bottom of my um, depression, the bottom of the divorce, I, I thought I'm either going to end everything or I'm going to explode and get huge. And then I'm going to teach everybody how to do it so that they don't have to suffer the way I did. And the way I, I put my wife at the time through a lot of stress and a lot of struggle. And um, that's what ended up costing the marriage. And I think that I, I've done that at this point, you know, it's, it was a very difficult time five years ago, but at this point I could say, yeah, I do. I teach a lot of people, you know, we're on a mission to build 100 millionaires to, to keep helping people get to that next level. And 
um, you know, people like you who are doing the same thing, supporting other investors and, and teaching other investors how they can uh, get ahead. That's us paying it forward. You know, so I have, I have uh, real estate. I, I wanted to get rich. If, if I were to be like, put it in small terms, that's how I got in. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And, and, you know, it's so true. Like, you know, this podcast started because I wanted to share with people what I didn't know when I started investing. You know, I was investing for, I think, almost six to seven years before really going to my first meetup and networking with people and meeting amazing people like Mitch, like you, and, you know, other people that I have met along the way that, you know, are so willing to share and and help you along the way. Uh, so I, I love it. I love it. Um, and you know, when you were talking about your story and how you got to real estate, you started with the, almost the Bible, right? For that, reach that, for that, which it was the one that I also read. And after reading it, I was like, okay, love it, but how do I do this? Right? Like that, it's not enough. That's when you start like craving for more. Like I want I want more, I want more. And you start learning about it. Um, so that that's awesome. And, you know, it, it was really um a, a turning point to use like do i end this or do i do it better the next time and you know i don't do these mistakes i had made yeah it, it took me on a journey you know like mindset is everything in real estate and i had such a scarcity mindset i really thought i had to sacrifice things in order to buy things and i thought i'd have to sacrifice time and and invest and i over the years now you know I've discovered that people can have five children, can work two jobs, can be married, can still have multi-million dollar portfolios of real estate and have tons of time because it's all about mindset. It really does come down to what you believe you achieve, what you think about, you bring about. And I had just a very, very uh, detrimental mindset. I really thought I had to work hard for money. I thought that if I want to make more, I mean, I had to put more effort in, more time in. And uh, that was where I was just sacrificing. And I, I thought to have a great marriage, you had to sacrifice. And so I was making sacrifices and I was asking her to make sacrifices. And uh, it led to just a lot of time, effort, and sacrifice it was like, the way of my life, the more I tried to get more life. And it wasn't until I made that shift, uh, I'd say in, in 2015, to start looking at a new way of living, a new way of acquiring wealth, a new way of building wealth. And I bought nothing in that year. In 2015, I, I went from owning two multifamilies and buying you know, one a year to buying absolutely nothing. But then in, in 2016, I ended up buying three houses. In 2017, I bought eight houses. And last year, we bought 50, 50 different uh, units. So 24 deeds. No, it was 30 deeds, 24 condos. And yes, the rest were multifamilies. So like it, it progressed over the years, but now I work almost no time at all. And you know, we built a coaching program where we, we contribute and we give back. And every week I teach for free the 52 wealth principles I discovered after the 300 books that I read and all the coaching courses I paid for and traveled across the country, meeting all of these, you know, great investors like yourself and Rod Cleef and Gino and uh, Mitch Jorsky and Mitch Durfee. And, you know, there's so many amazing investors, uh, Doug McGurk out of Florida, like that we've met and they just, they put it home that real estate investing is about deciding that you want to invest 
meeting and surrounding yourself with people who are also investing and doing it, just, just doing it. Right. It's, it's easier than you think and harder than you think. <laughs> <laughs> and something that you also mentioned that I think a lot of people um, fall into is like they, you were doing stocks and then you realize real estate, you know, what, 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 how, why did you flip from stocks and to real estate? Because right now stocks are doing really good. So people are not really like when you tell them real estate, like, eh, I can make more money with stocks, but you know, to me, stocks are very risky. So, so tell me what switch. I, I love that. And that, so you, you actually asked a great question. Um, well, the reason I switched was because stocks were not leverageable. And in this economy, you want leverage. In fact, Ken McElroy just put out a video about debt and using uh, inflation to destroy your debt. I so, saw that video. If you haven't watched it, go to YouTube and Google it. You know, incredible. Absolutely. A credible video. And with stocks, I can leverage margin. So I can double my, my money. In fact, that's what I do right now. So I, have, I still have stocks. I still invest in stocks. Um, I own some Tesla and I own some other companies. But what I do is I borrow against my own account so I can use double the money. With real estate, I can go in with no money out of pocket and buy a million dollars, $10 million. Like I can buy big portfolios. And if that goes up the same amount as the stock market goes, if say it goes up 10%, that's on $10 million, right? That 10% is literally an extra million dollars for me that I put no money in the stock market, everything in there I had to put in and maybe I, I margin, right? Maybe I use margin. So I'm getting double the, the value. Whereas real estate, I have infinite value. I can, it just is dependent upon the size of the deal you decide to do. All right. But, but so you know, when, that... when you say I put zero money, <laughs> what do you mean? Because, you know, everybody's going to tell you to make money, you have to use money. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. And here's the deal. I, I don't encourage people to go do no money down deals in the beginning, right? Like put some of your own money in the game, get some skin in the game, do 3.5% down owner occupied FHA loans or VA loans or USDA loans or, um, or even conventional 5%, right? Go in the game with some skin in the game. But at the point where you're putting 20, 25% down, you really can start, if the asset is good enough, right? Like if you've got, if you're buying it with 70% ARV and or 65% ARV and renovation costs already built into the, the project, you've got 30% equity, right? So a bank can actually leverage that 30% and not require you to bring the money down if you're doing asset-based lending or hard money or building relationships with other investors and using private money to, to bring down some, to bridge the gap on the hard money or uh, the other forms of financing. Or like, like we did on a, a deal recently, we did seller financing for the down payment. I, had, I picked up the whole portfolio with hard money and I just asked the seller to bring 20% to the table as private money. And I just paid both people 12% interest. But like that works too, you know? <laughs> right. So, so that's what he means when he does zero money, he's using other people's money, which is either the seller or hard money, or if you are financing at the bank and then you just worry about the down payment and you can do that with hard money or private lending. Amazing. That's OPM, right? Other yes, people's money. Other people's money. <laughs> and that is amazing. Or, you know, sometimes you can also do the bear method where you buy the property and then you cash out and then take all your investment out and then you have zero money in the deal and then it's infinite returns 
which is my favorite. Yes. <laughs> and and yet you can actually what's amazing with your strategy is you can you can combine that with other strategies, right? Like mm -hmm. the condos we bought last year, 24 condos, we paid 840 no, it was 840? Yeah, 840,000 for 24 condos that got appraised this year for $2.5 million. And we bought that portfolio with no money down. Obviously, we used the seller financing and uh, we raised some capital from investors and then we used hard money. So we were into it with nothing. But this year, we're doing a cash out refinance that's putting a half a million dollars in our pockets. And we're paid, we're down to 5% interest. So we're paying off all of our investors who are in the deal and we're getting a cash out refi. So like real estate, you can't do that with stocks. You know, like mm -hmm. nobody has ever said, Hey, go invest my money for me. And then no bank has ever said, well, you know what? You did really good investing. Why don't you just take back some of your equity here tax-free and just enjoy having it. We don't care what you do with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. The deal. All right. So let's talk about the deal. What deal are we talking about awesome. today? Well, we could talk about those condos, right? Those condos were um, ideal for what we like to do. Uh, and we're looking to do something very similar here in Tampa this year. Um, so we picked up 24 condos. And I think you want to know how we found them, right? How do you find Right. So, so let's start with what type of asset was it an A class B location? Tell me about, you know, what was the, the, the Girl, I am invested? a C class investor. So <laughs> anybody who isn't, they're lying, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, that's what you want. That's the, you, the C class that you can make into a B class. Hundred percent, and so um, C true C class means that they're not paying for heat, they're not paying for uh, cable. So I buy potentially B class buildings, right? All the utilities are split. I'm not paying for anything, but they are run down typically, right? C class typically. This mm -hmm. building was an anomaly, and even even the appraiser now is looking at it, saying, "So what do you like? How how can you justify the appreciation?" And it, you know, the seller was just in such a desperate situation that they let it go for pennies on the dollar. Uh, this was a B-class building right up, right off the rip, brand new renovation in 2004. Everything was brand new. Um, the condo complex is in great shape and the units were mint, all brand new kitchens, brand new bathrooms, brand new walls, carpets, floors. Uh, so this was not what we normally buy. Normally we buy things that are, they look like C-class and we got to go, you know, do the, the carpet job and, uh, repair the kitchens and uh, take it to the next level this was right. this was an anomaly this was like that, that vault, like home run right so how did you find this deal how do you find this home run where the 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 seller is desperate that you can buy it you know so cheap i like that question uh so there's a book called serve to win and it was written by my buddy uh, mitch durfee he actually is out of florida he, he was from uh vermont and now he lives in florida and uh, mitch wrote this book serve to win and what i've been doing for the last four years is teaching for free you know I, i've been running a ria in uh, massachusetts and i've always shown up and i've always offered free value and taught people how to find their own deals taught people how to you know get their own money. I, I teach a class called get the deal, get the money, get the attention, uh, close the deal. And I bring other speakers in who just give a ton of value. And at this event, 
I told everybody what I was looking for. I said, this year I'm looking for about 20 units and they would look like this in this city. I was looking for Fall River. I wanted 20 units and I want to pay somewhere between 40 to 50,000 a unit. And one of the people stood up and he said, would you buy condos? And in the past, my answer was always no. But something in my head said, you know what? You would buy condos at the right price, right? right. So I said, well, at the right price, I, I could buy uh, condos. What do you've got? And he said, well, I, I might have something for you. I, I think I've got uh, 20 units that are condos around $40,000 each. And at that point, I, I, I was thanking the universe that I was open, right? Because I could have I missed that opportunity. And my business partner jumped right, right over to him, started talking to him, having a little conversation with him. My, my partner is kind of like your husband. He's kind of quiet, like reserved, uh, very professional, keeps to himself. But when he sees an opportunity, he jumps in. And he, had, he didn't have to talk to anybody else that night, just one person. <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. And, you know, you bring a point uh, that's very important. If people don't know what you're doing, they are not going to help you. But if you are constantly telling people what you want, then they are going to bring it to you. And, you know, um, and I didn't know this until recently, you know, I was very quiet about the investing uh, and, you know, didn't tell a lot of people. So when I started doing it more openly, you know, it was after eight years, almost people were like, what, you know, what are you doing? Like they had no idea. Uh, so it's funny, you know, how opening up and telling people what you're looking for literally brought it to you. hundred percent. Like that's the point is speaking. You shall receive ask and you shall, uh, the door shall be opened. Right. Like that is, it's in the Bible. Like this is, uh, these are principles. You have to put it out there. You have to let other people know what you're looking for in order for them to be able to bring it to you. And don't worry about people you know, telling you it's not a good idea. Even those people will still bring you deals. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so go out and tell people what you want. <laughs> All right. So, so, okay. So this guy, was he listing it or was he a seller? What's interesting is he is one of our students. He's one of our just friends. He's just a friend of ours, an investor. And He's been in our community for a long time and he's an investor who wanted to buy something, but this deal was too big for him. He'd recently bought a six family and 24 units was outside of his ballpark. Hadn't figured out how to do it. And so he, he said, look, I, I just want to be kept involved. Like just teach me what you guys do. I want to see how you operate. And for Ron and I, that was, that was the easiest thing for us to do. We love teaching. And so, you know, teaching him the process. Now, obviously afterwards he looks at it and says, yeah, I could have done that deal. Right. Like had I known how simple it was, had I known everything, but he, he blesses us. He says, look, I'm glad I learned the process. Uh, he actually just bought 15 units himself this year. So he's, you know, progressing. Um, but it, there was, we didn't spend any money on that. And normally we would have paid a wholesale fee somewhere between 20, $40,000 for a deal like that. But right. he, he just wanted the education. He wanted the information. But that education, you know, what he learned got him his next best deal, you know? That's right. <laughs> All right. So how did you, uh, you kind of talked a little bit about it, but how did you uh, negotiate the deal? So tell me about that process. Absolutely. So negotiating this deal was uh, very typical to other deals. We went in with a offer very close to what the seller was asking. We, we want 40,000 a unit. That's kind of where we're at 40. The highest we've ever paid, I think was 65,000 a unit. So we went in with a 40,000, uh, 40,000 offer. And we ended up moving down to about 35,000 per unit offer, which was $840,000. Uh, and that was just 
just because it made sense for us because we had to ask, right? If we didn't make that ask, uh, we wouldn't know. And so after making the ask, they said, yes, they would do it. Uh, we were supposed to write a $10,000 deposit check and put that money down. And we never did. Uh, the attorney never asked for it. The lender, the deal never asked for that money. And so we kept that money in our account, knowing at some point we're going to need to put it out there. And so we actually literally put no money in on this deal. Um, we, we just said, yes, 850, uh, 840. And we had a $100 deposit down and it never, they never followed up on the, the $10,000 <laughs> deposit. So, so I think three days before the closing, they said, Hey, where's the deposit? We finally wrote the check, right? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, so what, on what points did you negotiate those 5,000 less per unit? So did you have inspections and then that's how it happened or, or tell, tell me about that? It really came down to the property management. We went after traditional financing with the steel. And with the traditional financing, they kept saying the, the condo association is defunct. They're, they're negative. Like they're behind. They're not paying their bills. Uh, we can't finance this. This is a, an unfinanceable building altogether. How much and was the entire was, building? How many units was the entire building? Uh, the, the entire building is 32 units and we were buying 24. Oh, okay. So you were so going to be majority. You were going to be the association. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. We're the association. Yeah. <laughs> But we had our association meeting yesterday and all, all is good. So yeah, we were, we were looking to take on a majority of this. And I told my, the banks, I was like, look, I've been managing property for a long time. We're going to be okay. We'll go in, we'll manage the association. I'll bring in a professional because I don't want to manage it myself. I'll bring in a professional and it'll be fine. And the banks, they wouldn't hear it, right? They couldn't, they couldn't be uh, negotiated with. So we went back and we said, look, this, this condo association is defunct. There's no way to finance this. We're going to have to go hard money with this. We're going to want all cash. And the only way that we can close this is if you guys work with us, right? Because this is, this is going to be a 12% interest deal for us, two points. Uh, so it's expensive. And they gave us a hard time with the pushback. They gave us a hard time that we asked for a month extension, which was secretly for us to go raise capital because we, <laughs> we needed some down payment here. And, uh, it ended up working out where they said, okay, you know, we're, we're, we just want to get this done. We, they sold it for what they owed on it. Essentially is what happened. Wow. And they, they had, they had bought this back in four. They had bought this for, I think 3.5 million and put 1.2 million into it. So they were into this project, 5 million. It's just that over the last uh, 15 years of owning it, they had paid down the mortgage significantly. And so we bought it at what they owed. Wow, that that was an amazing deal. So, what are these units renting for? You got each one for thirty five thousand. When we bought them, they were renting for six fifty, seven hundred, seven fifty. Uh, we have now, in the past year, raised all units' rents by two hundred dollars. Uh, the first month we owned it was October, uh, November. But then in January, we raised rent one hundred dollars on all units. In this January, we just raised rent one hundred dollars on all units. So um, we've had a few vacancies, which are great. The vacancies we've burned in turn. We actually sold those units. Uh, we sold one for uh, 90,000. Then we sold one for 106,000 and with almost no renovation. And the tenants are renting for $1,000 in our two bedrooms and $1,200 in our three bedrooms. And our studio we just renovated uh, is getting 800. So we've gotten the rents to a point where uh, we're much happier with them. 
Wow, that is an amazing, amazing deal. It's more than 2% at this point. And no money in. No money money in. In In a a cash out refinance. And we flipped some of those buildings. So we've we've already put in our pockets about a hundred, yeah, a little over a hundred thousand dollars just from flipping. Yeah, so I want to point this out to people that are listening if they didn't catch it. Uh, so you basically bought enough unit, enough units to be the condo association because to make any decisions in a condominium, you need to have the majority. And I've owned a condo uh, in the past and it was, uh, it was a nightmare. And I decided right there and then I will never buy a condo. Uh, but I've looked at a deal like yours and it was buying the majority of the condos as well. And, you know, they had a lot of debt. And, you know, that's the reason that I didn't pursue it uh, because the condominium, you know, was managed very badly. Um, and it wasn't like you had ma- much more majority that you could make all the decisions. Uh, but, you know, if you have the majority, then you can make changes because some associations don't allow to rent. But if you are the association, then you can allow to rent. You just need to have the meetings and do it per law. But you can make the rules. Did you get any pushback from the owners? That's right. And that's... Uh... The, put, the owners always push back with us. Um, so we raise condo fees, we raise um, the work that's being done, and we've we've done very good work with our tenants, um, but we're also tough, right? We go in and we, we just get rid of tenants that we don't like. Uh, so they occasionally will complain that we have, you know, we make money from our buildings instead of them living there. And I just have to remind them that, yes, I do. I agree with you. You're welcome. Uh, be thankful <laughs> that I want to build an amazing association for you here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm assuming that the the um, owners they didn't want the the uh, fees raised. And what happened with the ones that were not paying? Because I'm assuming that if the condominium wasn't doing good, it was because a lot of owners were not paying. The believe it or not, the owners are all paying. Like the, the owners are really good. Um, there was one who was behind, and we told him, "Was like, look, give us the opportunity to buy your unit. We love that. You know, if you want to foreclose, we'll run the foreclosure, and then we'll buy the unit." And he started paying. And so, you know, it's very simple. Like we're, we're investors. We'll take opportunity when it's delivered. And if, if you want to stay with us and play with us, we'll make your condo worth way more than it is today, right? Just hang out with us. Let us do our job and we'll, we'll double the value of your condos. Absolutely. And, and that's been our, our commitment to the other owners. And where was the location of this condominium? This is in Fall River, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. my hometown. Man, I'm going to have to talk to you about this other one here in South Florida <laughs> because it's a very similar situation. All right. Absolutely. So what's the exit strategy for this? Because you talked a little bit about that you sold some and then you raised uh, you know, the rent. So what's the exit strategy? I like that. So we always looked at this and said, we want to keep 10 to 12 of these units. The rest we're going to burn a turn. So the idea is keep rolling this money. So anytime we sell a condo, we take that money, we 1031 it into a, a fiveplex or a sixplex, or we sell two at the same time, but we can go get a 12 unit. And we've just used this as money to 1031 exchange. And me and my business partner, we like to take a little dis- uh, disbursement every year. So we take the money from the flips, we'll, we'll burn two or three condos, and that'll be money for us. That'll be income for us throughout the rest of the year. And then we'll just keep going back to buy more, stack more property. It really is... Um, the most fun way for us to flip. I hate the purchase side. 
but I love the disposition side. I love owning property and I love dispositioning property. The purchase is okay. They want my credit score. They want my PFS. They want all these different pieces. I want firstborn child and they want me to change their middle name now. So I got to go back and change the deed or (laughs) like refinances and and purchases are such a pain. So I'd rather do one big one a year and then disposition the rest of the year. Awesome. But you know, on on this specific case, if you go at at 12 units, you're going to lose control of the condo. Yeah, absolutely. So they could change the rules on you and they could stop um renting or put rules on renting how do you plan yeah. to to do that at that point we'll just keep selling out at that point where if they decide they don't want rentals we'll keep selling out we'll we'll still at 12 we'll still be the majority owners so we'll still have the the majority share so ron and i will still both be on the trustee board and so we'll still have control right up until the very end unless somebody goes in and buys two or three units in which case they also want renters <laughs> So, so the way we look at it is, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be fine all the way out of uh, dispositioning our way out of it. Absolutely. So I think the the um, the conclusion is that sometimes a really good deal might be a little bit out of your zone, right? Like you were not thinking about buying condos, but then this opportunity came up and you were uh, open to it, and it turned out to be an amazing deal. Absolutely. And that's not to say jump out of your comfort zone all the time. Uh, Get one niche, focus in that niche, and then get another niche that's close to yours. Because this is condos are very, very close to multifamilies, this particular building anyway. So it wasn't a huge stretch for us. But if if I went and I I changed markets entirely, I, I shift over to I'm doing one, I've done one flip and now I'm a multifamily guy. That's a big, that's a big jump, right? Or I've done one flip and now I'm buying a, a portfolio of 24 condos. You have to have a partner or a mentor or somebody who can, who can keep an eye on you if you're going to make big changes like that. And there has to be money there. Like there really has to be a lot of money there for you to shift out of a, a niche. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. Productivity hack. All right, so let's move on to the productivity hack. So tell me what has been that one thing that you have implemented in your business that has helped you immensely to grow your business? If I could pick one thing, it would be partnership. When I started, when I wrote the book, Broke to a Quarter Million, I was all by myself, investing by myself. I got up to 22 units. And I was ready to just pull all my hair out. It turned out God had a different plan. So uh, what happened was (laughs) I I got a business partner and um, he came in, he was an equity partner. He brought in money and he promised me that he wanted to learn. Cause I told him, I was like, look, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty much done with real estate investing. I've got what I want. I've built my wealth. And he was like, I, I won't do this alone and I promise I'll do all the work. And I was like, look, I'll, I'll partner with you if you promise to do everything. I'll teach you. I'll do whatever it takes to teach you to get you there. You bring the money. I'll do the education. And you promise to do absolutely everything in the deal. And I'll, I will guide you. Then I'll partner with you. And I'll, I'll continue to grow this. And he has done that. He has done that on a, on a level that I couldn't, um, I couldn't express. He does the flips. He does the property management. I mean, he, he manages our contractors and he manages our, our property managers. So he doesn't do much, but he does like, he's the one who gets all those problems. And so for me, I just go out and have fun. I, I find property. I get to teach, I get to uh, train people how to find property. And so they bring me deals and 
leveraging with a partner has been the most powerful, even in my coaching company, I, I leverage other coaches. People think your other coach, like if you're a coach listening, you think coaches are your competition. No, no, they're your partners. They're like, they send me referral fees when I send them business. They take care of clients. They do the one-on-one calls that I never want to do. I just want to teach. I just want to train. I just want to add value. And then when somebody wants deeper questions, I want to hand them to a coach who's willing to go and give them that deeper level of attention. Like Mitch Jorsky is one of my coaches. I love sending him business. He sends me a little referral fee. I love it. <laughs> He's willing to go and sit through the calculator and show them how to evaluate deals. And to me, I'm like, bro, like, I just want to tell you what's possible, right? Like, this is how it's done. Like, go talk to somebody else, get, get a coach, get a realtor and get a wholesaler together and, and let them guide you. So leverage was partnership. And it, to this day, it's partnership. It's joint partners, joint that, ventures. That is amazing. So how did you bet this partner? Because I think a lot of people get burned with partnerships and that you know, they decide to go solo and they decide, I don't want to do this again. So how, how did you um, find your partner and what did you do to kind of bet him and, and make sure that it was going to be a good, result. I like that. So um, me and Ron, we met on bigger pockets. And for about a year, we just meet up for lunches. You know, I think we met up two or three times for lunch. And I brought him, he got his real estate license. I had it was building a real estate team at the time. And so I brought him in. And he worked with me for a little while. He kept telling me he wanted to buy deals, wasn't pulling the trigger on it, but I liked him. You know, he was ethical. He was honest. He was moral. And I, I could see the way he would do a transaction. He'd get nervous if something seemed like it wasn't going to be done right. Like he had to do things the right way. And that was important to him. And he wanted to take care of the client every time. It was very important to him that the, the client was always taken well care of. Now, Ron hates agency. He hates being an agent. He'll never do it again. He, he occasionally will list a property when I'm like, bro, like, can you handle that? but he'd rather send it to my father or one of our other agents. And like, but he, the way he did it, it was the morals, the ethics. And he, he was with the military for 17 years. So if you have high level security clearance with the military, they've already vetted you also. Uh, so there was a couple of things, you know, there was a couple of things. And I just liked them. You know, I liked the conversations we would have, you know, we would be talking about things like, how do you build this or, What's the ideal way to invest? What's the ideal way to get somebody through a transaction faster? How do you make people feel comfortable when they're doing something so scary as real estate? Like we could have those conversations together. And I, that really was where I started to, to like this guy, you know, and, and say, I could work with this person, but I still was not open to partnership. <laughs> My mentor told me I needed a partner. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And he actually, so we both worked at the same brokerage. My mentor, uh, Tom Caffarella was running Cameron real estate group in ocean city development in Massachusetts. And he suggested to me, uh, why don't I partner with Ron? And, you know, I was a team leader and I'd ran this brokerage. I ran my own office in fall river and Ron was one of my agents. And I, I told him, I was like, you know what? I, I haven't considered it because I was asking him, how do I get more money? And he's like, Ron's sitting on a bunch of cash. You, why don't you partner with Ron? <laughs> And uh, it was that that conversation kind of opened my mind to partnering because he has two partners, right? Tom had uh, two partners that he works with, his um, his best friend and then his friend's father. And that kind of opened it up to me, seeing somebody else be successful in partnerships and being 100%. He loves paying his partners. He says it all the time. I love paying these guys. You know, it's a part of what I do. Couldn't do it without them. 
Awesome. I love it. I love it. So make sure that you get to know your partner before you sign those agreements, you know, like you uh, met your partner and you talked to him for a year before you actually pulled the trigger and decided to partner. So I think that's very, very important. All right. And all so- my, all my current partnerships are the same way. We've known each other for a year, three years. Yeah, absolutely. And we work together in other projects without strings attached. So yeah. Awesome. Good advice. Yeah, and you can do you can do like one project together, test it out before you go full uh, blown into a you know partnership. You know, like you can just do create a quick LLC and do one project and then decide. Um, you know, so that that much is a little bit contained if it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, like join a, a join a club together, right? Join a, a mastermind together, or um, join a join something where you can build together and see how the other person, you know, it's like a stress test, right? Like for us, a lot of my partnerships now came from this coaching company. I said, Hey, can you be a coach? Would you consider it? And then we all get together once a week and talk about how to improve this company. How do we get build a 100 millionaires? How do we get to that next level? And seeing how they react, I'm like, man, I'd work with this person in other things, right? Seeing the way they step up, seeing that energy, seeing that intensity, that, I, they went above and beyond, right? Like if they'll do that in play, right? Like just volunteering, charity work, right? If they'll do it here, you know, they'll do it when there's money on the line, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Expert tips. All right. So now we are in the part of the show where you are going to give me three expert tips. And Walter is going to give us today three expert tips on how to find portfolio deals. Excellent. So portfolio deals are the way I would suggest anybody who's deciding to scale up invest. I have a strategy that involves double your income, double your net worth every single year until it's satisfied. And the only way to do that is portfolios. You can do a bigger deal each year simply by adding the size of the portfolio. So first step is think larger, think portfolio, think what do I need to accomplish this year? That is your first step. Set the goal of how many units it is, whether it's five units or 10 units, or like some of my partners now are hundred units. You're not going to get hundred units without a portfolio, right? So um, if you're looking to flip 12 houses, can I buy them at one shot? So think portfolio, think how many units you need, write that down. And then once you've got it written down, step two is go out and talk to wholesalers and talk to real estate agents. If you're not talking to one a day, you're missing out that you should have at the end of the year, 365 wholesalers and real estate agents who are hunting for your particular portfolio. If you're in Fall River, Massachusetts, I hunt for three family portfolios because if you own a three family in my city, you tend to own six families also and 12 units. So we all started with that three And then eventually we bought other bigger things, but most investors have a hard time selling their three family until they're ready to sell the rest of their portfolio. So wherever your community looks like, you want to find the people who are digging. They're in the ground hunting for deals all the time and let them know you're looking to buy 20 units, but I would buy a condo or a single family that looks like this as long as the person owns other stuff and start scaling out with that conversation. So first think portfolio, second one, find the people who deal with people who have portfolios, which is wholesalers and real estate agents. And the third one is build your list using a real estate agent or using a, a, another source like listsource.com. Build a list of the top 
20 to 100 people who own the most real estate in your city and go talk to them. Become their best friends. It's called the Dream 100. And when I started, I focused on the people who had the most wealth in my city. And I went out and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become their best friend. They didn't know it. They had no clue how close we were going to get. But I had every intention of knowing them, knowing their family, knowing their, their issues, knowing their problems, and then solving as many of those problems and issues as I possibly could. People ask, how do you find a mentor? Dude, just find somebody way bigger than you and impossible to ever have that relationship and then find a way. If I would, I would like stalk their Facebook pages, find out where they ate, find out where they hung out. I'd, I'd memorize their names. If somebody else mentioned that they saw them somewhere, I'd be like, where was it? What time was it? What day was it? Right? <laughs> and I would show up at those places. I find out where the people who had what I wanted, the people who owned portfolios, I found out where they hung out and I hung out there. You know, I spent the money to be in cigar shops. I spent the money to be in country clubs. I spent the money to be at the restaurants that I knew they would be at the restaurants. They just opened, you know, I, I'm connected with whatever business I knew they had. I'd go and I'd, I'd change my entire life to service whatever they were using and become one of their best clients, right? I, I have a, a dedication to surround myself with successful people who have what I want and then adding value. You know, one day you will sell your portfolio. And when you do, you'll sell to me. <laughs> that's that a, that's awesome. a belief system. I love that. And you know what? I was watching the, the um, Undercover Mil Billionaire, the new show on Discovery, and Grant Cardone was there and he was saying exactly the same thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. who's, who's got the money and we're going to be best friends. That's right. He, was, he said that when he was talking about the, uh, the commercial real estate investor. He said, this guy doesn't know, but we're about to be best friends. <laughs> and that's, that's been the secret. Like, and it creeped me out when I was younger. I'd be like, man, like, it's kind of creepy that I, I really want to be some, a stranger's best friend. But it's worked out so many times. And I really have added so much value to their lives. Like, you know, I may have been this annoying person who just came into their life in the beginning. But my mentors now, they're like, oh, yeah, I can, I can call on Walter for this. I know Walter will go do this for me. Like, he, he has the network. He can make this happen. So before, you know, yeah, you get uncomfortable thinking, okay, I'm going to become this person's best friend. You know, what if they want me to do something that I don't want to do? Well, fuck, there's other people like leave, you know, <laughs> sorry about the iPhone, <laughs> but there's other people you can, you can go and be mentored by, but ask yourself, you know, can, can you forgive them for that one piece and take on all the good that they have and learn from the good? And, you know, yeah, I picked up cigars, right? I still like cigars. Like now it's one of those <laughs> things that. I've, I have them with Mitch Jorsky when Mitch is up in Boston or when we're down here in Tampa, uh, you know, have a cigar and who knows who's going to stop by. I've been in cigar events and this, you know, I, I always tell, and this is secret. Okay. Last tip, right? Always tell the bartender or the restaurant waitress or the owner who in here is in real estate. Who do you know who's in real estate? And if you see them come in, can you connect me, right? Just connect me with that person especially if you're going to be at the bar all night at a networking event or something, just go to the bartender there and tip them well and let them know, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for somebody in real estate. Who do you know? Who do you know? Who, which one of your regulars are any of them in here right now? And they always, so real estate people talk about it a lot and people love to remember those people. And so um, it's how I met one of the, the best commercial lenders I've ever met. You know, this, this guy was, it was the most weird guy at the bar. He said, ah, yeah, you guys, what are you into? And we we're like, real estate. It's like, oh, there's this guy who always comes in here in real estate. And he's, if he comes, we we're like, hey, if he comes in, let us know. And we bought him a beer and we thought, you know, nothing of it. 
the guy came in and that guy brought him over to us and introduced us to a commercial lender who's licensed all down the East Coast and such a powerful relationship that, you know, that that tactic works everywhere. Ask for what you're looking for. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much, uh, Walter, for this. So where can people find you online uh, and, you know, how can they connect with you? I love it. Great question. Uh, thank you so much, Annette, for the opportunity. I am on Facebook 24-7. My name is Gualter Amarello, spelled G-U-A-L-T-E-R-A-M-A-R-E-L-O. I wrote the book Broke to a Quarter Million and the Underground Playbook for Getting the Deal, Alchemist Nation's uh, book for finding deals off market. You can go to gualteramarello.com. You can get the book there or just go to Amazon, type in Gualter Amarello. And I am the only person who shows up on Amazon with that name. Uh, you can find both my books there. Uh, the audible book is coming out, forget the deal, but broke to a quarter million. I did record the audio myself. So you can go and you can listen to it. In fact, I added an entire extra chapter in that book on the audio version. So if you bought the, the solid version, I appreciate you, but you're missing out if you haven't bought the audio. Uh, and I do read it myself, which is time consuming and painful. Uh, so please write a review on Amazon and thank you <laughs> for listening. <laughs> love it. Love it, Walter. Thank you so much. So if you are enjoying this podcast, make sure to like and share it with other people. And, you know, you can write a review on iTunes or subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Thank you so much, guys. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.